Welcome to another episode of Football 360. I'm your host, Kareem Timbers, and I have a special guest today, uh, a good friend of mine, um, former Big Ten champion and college professor, Odoye Adeyamo, a Chicago native. So, uh, I, Odoye, I appreciate you uh, joining the call today. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to talk about uh, football and life. So enjoying, looking forward to it. Okay. I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to uh, join this um, podcast. Um, so let's, let's just get started. So um, obviously we, we go way back um, from in Chicago. Um, I think, you know, just to give a quick backstory here. Um, we met, I believe, what, I think 96. 96, we, we, we uh, played against each other. We actually... Became really good friends over the years from what uh, playing, competing in sports. Yeah, right. right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think football. it was like sophomore year, though, was it? it was yeah, like- sophomore year. That's when we 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 uh, actually you know became uh, started to become pretty good friends. But we were right, competing right. with each other um, from uh, freshman year from uh, football and then tr- and track season. Right, right, right. And then sophomore year, yeah, I think it was like ninety seven. Uh, we, we became pretty good friends from just uh, from you know. Competing in competition, you know, bringing out, trying to looking, looking to bring out the best in one another uh, on the football and on the track. So, um, and, and the story kind of goes from there. So, we'll get into that. But, you know, for for, my, for uh, the listeners here, um, please tell the audience, you know, just give them a little background on you, where, where you're from, but your your family, and, and we'll just go from there. Um, okay, I mean that's a uh, that's a big question. But yeah, so I grew up in Chicago um, since the fifth grade, um, and then uh, we were here. My family's from uh, Nigerian descent, so my family came here to the United States. Um, they came uh, to Huntsville, Alabama, so I was actually born in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Uh, my parents went to Alabama A&M, and then, uh, you know, I moved to Chicago, well, Illinois, rather, about five years, uh, well, I, was, I think I was about five or six years old. When okay. We to Illinois. And then I think like four years later, uh, we moved to Chicago. So I was about fifth grade, 10. I was 10 years old, about fifth grade when we moved to Chicago, Chicago South Side. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a little background on me. Uh, not too much, but you know, a little, little something. Okay, and then you're the you're the oldest, right? You have, uh, obviously have uh, two siblings as well, two two sisters. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so yeah, I'm uh, I'm the oldest of three, um, and I have two younger sisters. Uh, yeah, I'm the boss, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, nah, I'm just joking. But yeah, no, nah, I'm the oldest. So yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Thank. Thanks for sharing that. Um. Uh, when did you first fall in love with the game of football? Oh man, that was crazy. Um, I actually remember that moment. Um, it's actually pretty vivid in my mind. It was pretty much when I um, I was watching I was watching the Super Bowl. Uh, it was the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. What year was that? Do you remember? I think that was the '89, '89 Super Bowl. Yeah, I, re- I remember that too. Uh, 
Uh, I remember the Super Bowl vividly because the 49ers beat up on the uh, Broncos. Yeah, and that was the 1989. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and I think that's the year that Jerry Rice like scored three touchdowns. He was the MVP. Yes. But either way, that like really was a, a very uh, like that moment really stuck with me in my head when I watched that game. From that point, I told myself, I'm going to play football. I want to be a Hall of Famer. I want to be just like Jerry Rice. I guess at that point, that's when I aspired, you know, to be like a like Jerry Rice. And I wanted to be a wide receiver. And, you know, you know, you know, um, in, in high school, uh, I really the first time I played organized football was in high school. So with that, you know, tried out for wide receiver. And that's pretty much what I did. But and then even to college. But, yeah, it, it, it was a. Uh, it was kind of like an interesting, interesting moment. I felt like, I don't know, like, I, I feel kind of conflicted about it because I wonder, like, at that time, what if what if there was something else that caught me that was not even sports related? You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yo, what if it was, what if it was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson doing something that I thought was so dope? And I was like, yo. I want to do. I want to be like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and then I became an astrophysicist instead of a football player. <laughs> I got you. So for you, it was like uh, it was a moment in time where you saw, you know, a uh, a uh, kind of a, a black figurehead outside of your immediate family that was doing something that was inspirational. Yeah, um, and, and something that you wanted to aspire to to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was true. And then uh, you know, but my father, you know, he's a he was a he's an engineer. And then my mom, you know, she's in public health. So I mean, yes. it's, it's not that they don't have good careers or opportunities, but you know, to see somebody on TV and you know, you're a kid, right? So you see yeah. you see people on TV doing things that like, oh man, that's dope. Or that's 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 hot, man. You know, I want to emulate that. But it's like you know, when I saw that game, I was like, man, I want to. I want to run like Jerry Rice. I want to catch football. So that, that was kind of like my introduction to it. But uh, but yeah. So since from so from that moment, like yo, I just wanted to play ball and I wanted to, um, you know, just be like Jerry. Like everybody wanted to be like Mike. I want to be like Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So so how soon after you know seeing Jerry Rice, you know, obviously he's he's the goat. You know, the, the greatest receiver of all time, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, from that moment when you saw Jerry Rice, you know, uh, win the MVP with the 49ers against the uh, Denver Broncos, how soon after that did you pick up a football or, uh, you know, start playing football? Uh, I really don't remember, but I do remember I just wanted to play football. All I do, I don't remember that, like how soon, but I do remember playing like all the time in the field because, mind you, you know, I didn't play organized football for real on a consistent yeah yeah I didn't play organized football until high school so for me you know while I aspired to play sports or play football more specifically it was it was just like yo I'll play in the field or I'll play in the street it was more like street ball or we'll play uh this game that we call killer man at the time yeah you, you, oh yeah I know killer man that's a lovely game <laughs> so we used to play that and I think that was cool um but that was my that was my the extent of what I played in sports, like there was no organized sports for me. You know what I'm saying? 
beyond beyond that, you know, until I got to high school and then, you know, everything just took took to another level. So but yeah. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, how did your love and passion for football drive you to a division one football scholarship at the University of Illinois? Uh, I don't know if it was more at that age though. Like, I don't know. Like, you enjoy the game. Only thing I didn't like though, I didn't like getting hit. Like, I tell you that, I didn't like some of the pain I felt after games. Um, like I remember playing y'all, and I never really spoke about this, but that was the worst I felt after a game ever. Like, you, you talking about uh, '98? What you talking about, junior year, junior or senior year? Junior year, like after we played played each other. Oh my gosh, that was the worst pain I felt in terms of my body. And you know, I, I think I did all right that game. Well, I think so. But I'm sorry we had to do y'all like that, man. Yo, yo, it, it's no problem. It's just that <laughs> that feeling, I didn't want to feel that again. And I don't know, you know, you think about football, like at that time too, I'm like, man, yo, this is fun. I'm good at it. At the same time, man, I don't like this pain. At the same time, I don't like getting hit. You know, a lot of different things. But I mean, you, you kind of, you know, at the time, you know, I guess the idea of, of masculinity was very different. So you were told to like tough it out. You were, you know, and, and you come from certain places and, you know, you see certain things and, you know, football, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but can be seen as a way to, you know, not, not to say a way out, but because academically, you know, I still did well in class, but, you know, it was also a way to, you know, you know, reach other opportunities. And, and, and football was was that for me in a way. Um, but I think, I think, you know, that was like something, you know, that I found out. I think, and, and it's funny that you bring that up because I think now about um, the first game I played in my junior year, it was kind of like my, my ball out game, just kind of like when I showed out. I think- Who did you guys play? We played Providence. And, okay, Providence that just moved into our, our into I think our our, our class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, year yes. to five, yeah, five eight. So that game, I had I don't know, I had over a hundred yards. But either way, that was kind of like my breakout game, and like introduced everybody to me in the Catholic League at the time. And from there on, you know, I balled that whole season. I was like, okay, it was a good season. And then you know, from there. You had recruits coming to the school, come, you know, see your tape. And who'd have thought? I was one of the top, you know, uh, top recruits in, in, uh, in, the, in the state, in the nation. So it, it, was, it was a good experience. But for me, I mean, it was just about really just, uh, you know, at the time, you know, really just continuously progressing. Because, I, you know, like I was, like I said, when I was little, you know, I still wanted to you know, be like Jerry Rice, or I still wanted to be a Hall of Famer at the time. You know, that's all I was thinking. But then one thing I do remember is like, yeah, yeah, yo, play ball, do well. But then I would have different people give me nuggets, like, yo, make sure you, you're doing something else, or make sure you, you know, you uh, find other things to do. And, you know, I'm one thing about myself that like, you know, yeah, I could be very stubborn, or I could do what I want to do. In, in many cases, but you know, I feel like I, li- I listen, I'm pretty open-minded. And that was one area in which I listened. So 
when I did get the scholarship or when I did get many offers, one of my considerations in choosing a school was like I wanted to go somewhere that had a top business school. You know what I'm saying? So that was something that, you know, I wanted to make sure that um, I was able to set myself up for. So that was very strong consideration in choosing the school that I wanted to go to um, as well. So. So, yeah. OK. Um but yeah, just real quick um, in reference to the love and passion, what did you love most about football pr- prior to, you know, uh, going to college and before the, you know, the business aspect really kind of took place? The attention, <laughs> the attention from like, like, it, you know, you was a kid, right? So, and uh, at the time, okay. So at the time and a buddy of mine, you know, we were talking about this, like you wanted attention from, from, uh, from girls. So at the time, it was like, what did you do? You either rap or you play ball. You know what I'm saying? You know, that was that was kind of like the conversation we had. And it, and it was funny because the idea about like slanging dope or, you know, being in the, in the game in that way was nothing that we ever thought of. You know what I'm saying? It was always this idea that, you know, I'm going to play basketball, I'm going to play football, or I'm going to rap. And... My guy that I was talking to, you know, he became a rapper, you know, he was signed to a label, etc. But like those were the things that we did. So remember that time in Chicago, it was it was a lot going on, you know, murder rate high, you know, a lot of violence, different things. But that wasn't our experience in Chicago. And when I talk to people now about Chicago and they talk about the south side and the west side, and how violent it could be, I often reflect on my personal experience and I'm like nah I get it there are sections and areas where you know it can be violent and then also if you're in that if you move with a certain uh, certain people if you're in certain areas yeah it can be violent but that wasn't necessarily my experience you know I, I, I grew up I guess in a bougie black folk community in a, in a way and for us it was you know we're going to play basketball we're going to play football we're going to find ways to be great at that. We're going to find ways to be great at rapping because I think at the time, hip-hop in, in Chicago culture was very, very prominent um, because you had Wu-Tang that was coming out. You had Most Def. That was like the, the uh, mid to late 90s where oh, hip-hop, yeah. you know, remember remember the hip-hop crews they had? Remember, <laughs> remember all those hip-hop crews? So, like, oh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah, dance so groups in Chicago. Remember those parties? Yeah. So, so, like, I think with that, you know, that was the, the kind of crowd I was around versus anything else or, or any street game. So that so what we kind of identify Chicago with is not necessarily um, what I what they identify Chicago with, more specifically talking about like the violence. That wasn't my my experience. And you know, for me, it was just like, okay, I just wanted to, you know. Get attention from girls. I mean, that that's not all of it. You know, I wanted to be great and I wanted to do well. But a lot of it, you know, as an adolescent, you know, high school kid, wanted to get attention, you know, from, from girls, I guess. I got you. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, describe the feeling of running out of the uh, the tunnel uh, onto a college on a college, college game day field for the very first time. So. The first time you, you came out at, you know, at Champaign, Illinois, you know, or my brother, if you guys were there on the road for your first game, what was the feeling like of running out um, onto a college football field for the fir- first time? Uh, I really don't remember it. 
Um, I do remember when I ran out and we pl- we played Michigan. It was a night game and we played Michigan at Illinois. Yo, it was bananas. It was crazy. It was so much fun. Um, the 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 energy was uh, um, I don't want to say electric, but the energy was was crazy. It it was a great feeling. And I just felt like, man, this is dope. You know, I could be on this field. And then I reflected like, yo, I used to watch people do this, run on the field and things of that nature. So it was pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, I don't remember anything else. I do remember that Michigan game. It was my freshman year. Uh, Okay. What I remember. But, yeah, that that was, you know, something that, like, really sticks in my head. And I was like, wow. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm, you know, and, and the game was on television as well. So. I think it was on ESPN uh, Thursday night. I, I don't know if it was. I'm sorry. I don't know if it was Thursday, but either way, I think it was on ESPN, and and it was a it was a big time game. Um, unfortunately, we got whooped. So hey, it happened. But yeah, it was it was, a, it was a fun fun experience, especially running out of that tunnel. Yeah, a, a Division one football man. You know, <laughs> any given day, um, if you don't show up to play or if you overlook opponent, you, you can you can get beat. And get embarrassed. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think I, that yeah. year, I think that year, any given day was every week. For <laughs> you guys had a rough freshman year. I, I guess I don't remember. I think so. Um, yeah, I think so because we had like what, really two decent seasons. Beyond that, like we struggled mightily. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so. But I remember, I, I do vividly remember that my freshman year, like that game was. Was nice. Well, what would you consider the highlight of your college football career? Um, hey, yo, yeah. So, huh? You know, besides me, obviously winning the Big Ten championship. Yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, representing the Big Ten and and you know bowl game and I think you guys played what Sugar Bowl. So, so when I think highlight too, you know, I don't necessarily think highlight has to be a, a, a good. It could be a good or a bad thing, but I think the high. Well, I say a low light. I mean, the highlights. You know, the Big Ten. You know, we won the Big Ten. Uh, my first catch, my first touchdown. You know, those things are highlights. Um, okay, well, so describe that. Describe that a little bit. Um, you know, your first, your first catch or your first touchdown. What, what was that moment? I mean, uh, I was running. Uh, and then the ball was coming, and it was, it was a 35 yard catch. We were playing Indiana, but it just felt like it took forever. And I literally had to run from one side of the field to the other, and it just took forever to happen. But I got there, I caught the ball, and touchdown. So, I mean, I was good, I was happy. Um, but you know. It was like on to the next next play, <laughs> you know, and, and it was cool. It was a cool moment. Uh, I think okay. I think I left it at at that time, you know, in terms of like re- reacting to it, you know. As I reflect on it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like it's cool, but you know, I think at that time, you know, it meant more to me at that time than it does now. Um, but yeah. I mean, it was something that was cool um, that I experienced. I know with the Big Ten when we won the Big Ten. You know, it was over Thanksgiving. We were playing Northwestern at uh in Champaign. That was a cool game. After it was okay. over, you know, we celebrated, had a good time. Then I went home to Chicago, you know, because it was over Thanksgiving and you know beyond the game. You know, at 
at the end of it, you know, you really want to spend time with your fam and uh, enjoy yourself and, and, you know, enjoy your friends, I guess, at that time. Okay. So I, I appreciate that, man. appreciate you sharing that. Um, so look, this is switching gears here. Um, obviously, we've talked about, you know, highlight of your, of your uh, first touchdown catch, running out into the college football uh, field for the first time, uh, winning the Big Ten Championship. Um, yeah, but you guys, you guys did beat us that year too. So um, how, how did um, the daily grind of, of being a Division I athlete prepare you for life after college? In your pursuit to be a college professor, uh, can I curse on here or no? <laughs> be, be my guest, man. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, podcast, man. No, you know, if, if you feel you, you need to express yourself, no, go ahead. Like, um, for football, like I just felt like <laughs> there's really no nice way of saying it, but no, it's just like we got uh. We got uh, what they call what shit sandwiches, so it's like, you know, you kind of get a, uh, you know, you get the runaround. So you know, they tell you one thing and then it's something else, or you know, they say, oh yeah, we want to include you more into the package of the game, but that don't happen as the game continues. So I mean, you you have a lot of different experiences, so you just understand mm-hmm. sports, and in my experience, football in particular, to like. There's really, there's nothing really that's guaranteed. And you just have to fight for everything that you want. And there are going to be things that happen. There are going to be shit sandwiches, as I said. There are going to be things that happen. But, you know, you just got to kind of finesse it. You got you to gotta find a way yeah. to navigate it. You got to find a way to, you know, move around it. You got to find a way to, like, understand what happens and adjust and adapt. And, yeah, sorry to yeah. interrupt real quick. Uh, just, just want to get some clarity here for our our, our uh, listeners um, that you're referring to basically the business, the politics of of Division One sports, correct? Yeah, is that what you yeah, kind yeah, of alluding to? to yeah, some, yeah, I'll to say the degree? politics in part, but then I will also talk about just your experience. You know, even playing sports, you know, at like a, you know, at a D one school or. So maybe some of my experience, maybe your experience, like we've all experienced things in which we didn't expect. But what we had to learn at the time, because, you know, when we're experiencing it for the first time, it's much more traumatic. But then as we reflect and we understand like, yo, this is a part of life and you really just have to understand how to adapt and to understand that things happen and the better and quicker you you can adapt. Uh, the better, you know, your circumstance can turn around or your situation, you know, is not, is different. You know what I'm saying? That you can change up your situation if, if that's the case, if, if you're in a compromising or, you know, uh, unlikely situation. But it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, it teaches, it teaches you to, to understand that nothing's guaranteed regardless of what happens. Um, and moving forward, you know, you just have to continue to work hard in, um, in anything that you do. And and if some and if you're trying to be the best, you know, you got to you got to really, really uh, just continue to work. Just continue to do what you need to do um, to try to to try to be great. Put great work out there. 
whatever it is you do, great content out there. So a lot of what I do is I write. So for me, it's about just just practicing as a writer and, and continue to put out great content, continue to try to put out great content, continue to get feedback and doing it every day. So and and like I said, uh, you know, how that transitions into, you know, my work, you know, in addition to writing, you know, one of the things that, you know, you have to learn to do um, uh, and then also just work at, as a being a professor. You just have to understand um, that not everybody's built like you as well. You know, not everybody has your experience. So while you can adapt, others may not be able to. And you have to be, you know, empathetic to that. You have to be sensitive to that as well. Um, so, you know, not everybody, you know, uh, has your particular experience. So. Okay. No, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I mean, that, that does, uh, make, it makes perfect, it makes perfect sense. You know, the, 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 the trials and tribulations you experience, you know, as, as a young, young adult adolescent, um, especially, uh, you know, you know as a division one athlete, um, the things you see, the things you experience on a daily basis either make or break you, you know, and if you're able to, to kind of ride that wave and continue to grind and, and, and persevere through that, that does carry along into your, your, your professional adult life, um, um, post, uh, sports. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, real quick, if you don't mind sharing, just giving you, obviously, we you know your college professor at the university of Illinois, um, just maybe giving uh, a little background on your credentials. Um, you know, and the, talk, describe um, the hard work you put in uh, to get to where you're at um, on, on the professional level. Um, yeah. So, just a little background. So, um, I'll actually go back to you know my undergraduate uh, uh, experience. So, I finished undergrad at the U of I in a degree in finance, and then I have a master's. I transitioned from finance into education. Have a master's in um, uh, education policy. And then I actually uh, transitioned back to uh, finance. I actually worked in uh, finance as a financial advisor for four years after uh, I completed my master's. And then after that, I transitioned back into <laughs> uh, education. So it was kind of this dance I was doing, I guess, um, in which you know I went to University of Georgia to complete my uh, degree in foundations of education. And I currently do research um, in uh, the School of Education at the University of Illinois. And I do research on black male athletes, specifically focusing on understanding their perceptions, aspirations, and identities. Uh, more specifically, looking at how their particular identities, aspirations, and perceptions are shaped within their neighborhood and school context. So that's the work that I'm doing now. Um, I, in addition to... Uh, after that, I want to work on uh, looking at youth sports and understanding and better understanding the experiences of, of younger adolescents and their athletic, academic um, and um, social experiences within their schooling, athletic and uh, neighborhood context. So that's some of my background uh, as a researcher, as a writer. My work focuses on, you know, uh, those particular individuals. And I do this because... It's important for me um, to better understand why young black adolescents do what they do um, as far as in relation to sports for the reasons um, that 
for the reasons that, you know, really try to highlight, um, I really try to highlight various ways in which um, you can develop identities of, of young black adolescents in which they can then achieve academic and athletic success at the same time uh, versus um, what tends to happen is where uh, sports is, is emphasized or encouraged so much that sometimes it could be very detrimental to the academic, educational, uh, social development of younger, Af- young, younger black males, uh, which once they're done playing sports can be problematic once they get it out into the real world in terms of trying to get a job, in terms of really uh, trying to uh, enter a stable career path. So, you know, it's really about uh, finding ways that those who play sports can also um, find interest and continue to develop interest and skill in other areas that are non-athletic. I hope I wasn't too long-winded. You could have stopped me, but that's okay. <laughs> no, man, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, um, for for our, our uh, listeners here, can you just maybe dive a little deeper and more depth uh, regarding that in reference to, you, you mentioned certain, you know, other athletes, you know, when you know, yeah. when the sport is over, you know, yeah, kind of I, getting, I, I, you know, yeah, so, back into so society. I, you know, yeah. I guess we can talk about like how it starts, right? So you have the media, you have uh, family members who maybe have, you know, achieved some, uh, have, have achieved at some point in sports who may or who didn't necessarily make it that far, who see themselves in, in their relative or son or daughter. So you have all these, you know, you have the media, you have family members, you have the neighborhood that may support you athletically. Um, You may have a coach at school. You may have teachers. You have all these individuals who have the potential to bombard younger adolescents, particularly if it's someone who's tall or someone who's athletic or someone who may appear to have some type of athletic talent, right? So they're bombarded with these individuals or these groups or, or people or institutions in which they're being told, you should go out for sports, or you should play sports, or you should do this, or you should do this, you should do this. This sport will be good for you. So what happens is that this encouragement or this emphasis on sports um, kind of takes hold of their identity. So then, partic- it, 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 in cases that they're, they're very talented athletically, what happens is that they can engage so much in developing these particular athletic skills that it could be detrimental and they can disengage academically. So what happens is that all this energy that they're putting in athletically takes away from the energy that they can put in on the academic side. So then they grow up doing well athletically, getting all these accolades, being praised because you know they're a bomb athlete. Whereas academically, academically, you know, they're not necessarily pulling their weight and then they get passed on. You know, I had a kid. I'm not, I'm not going to say his name, but I had a kid. You could tell that in high school he was passed on because of. And when I say passed on, teachers passed on like uh, mentors. People didn't necessarily talk to him about the importance of his academics. So he was able to get all the way to um, a university without necessarily knowing how to read at a, at, a, at a college level, knowing how to write at a college level. So 
when for him in some case i mean for maybe someone maybe like him or maybe have his experience i'm i hope it doesn't happen but there is a potential there that after they're done playing ball that to transition in the real world or transition into getting a career or a job that's non-athletic it may be problematic it may be a lot more difficult then it would have been if he would have developed these other skills that go beyond just being an athlete or just using his body. You know, so so a lot of what I'm doing is really trying to say, okay, if we're going to play sport, that's great. But how do we also value academics in the same way that athletics is valued as well? So so it's really just about pushing and valuing both and emphasizing athletic and ac- academic success. So that, that's really my goal and what I do from, you know, not to say a research perspective, um, but, you know, kind of like my ideas about educating young black males, uh, particularly those who play sports. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate you taking a deeper dive um, and, and kind of sharing with our, our listeners Um you know your thoughts on that because that that is something that it, that that happens. You know, it happens every day. Um, you know, especially regarding uh, uh, black youth and, and black black males um, in reference to you know sports and and, and post sports. You know, and kind of getting uh, you know reassembled back into um, into society. You know, yeah. getting reengaged back into society. Um, describe the feeling and pride. I would say, or excitement you have um, of being a college professor at your alma mater, um, and and is, is it, it's a surreal feeling. I mean, how, how long did you kind of plan that out? Did you think initially prior to you know uh, uh, undergrad, uh, graduating from undergrad, that you would be a college professor and, and come back to your alma mater? Not at all. Uh, I mean, I was just looking for a job. Okay. <laughs> like I graduated <laughs> in 2016. It wasn't anything that I made up or, you know, thought about. It was just, uh, I graduated in 2016 and a position, you know, at U of I opened up. Um, but I, I really appreciate the people there. Um, good people, great people. I appreciate uh, the opportunities that I've had there thus far. I appreciate the students uh, being able to teach, being able to engage in that um, intellectual, um, that intellectual space. So, so I, I, I love it there for, for those reasons. But prior to that, I mean, there was no plan. There was no, you know, oh, yeah, I want to teach here at the U of I. Nah, I mean, it was just something that kind of happened. Um, I'm glad it happened. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a better researcher for it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens uh, as we continue to go forward. But there, no, nah, there, there was no real plan. Now, as far as being a professor, that was something that I always kind of had in the back of my head back in my mind just thinking that this could be a possibility mm-hmm. but it was never something that I really um believed at the time and, and this was let's say in my freshman sophomore year or even you know throughout college undergrad that that was something that I would you know venture off into you know it was it wasn't uh, I didn't think that deeply of it but it was something that was in my mind um back in my subconscious and a thought that I felt that was possible. Uh, but at this point, at that point, that wasn't necessarily the first thing that I wanted to to do or, or, or strive toward. Okay. I, pre- I appreciate you sharing that. Um, does it, does it feel kind of surreal 
being back at, you know, your alma mater and like, wow, I went to undergrad here. I put the time in and now I'm back here as, as a professor working and, and kind of, as you see, like the next wave of, of um, you know, young adults kind of going through their experience and, you know, um, yeah, does that, really. does that feel surreal to you? <laughs> no, okay. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Um, um, no, nah, it was cool. Um, it's interesting being there as an adult. Um, I think there are things that are very different. I guess the reason why it's not as like uh, surreal, I guess, as, as you would put it, because I don't necessarily have my friends there or some of the guys are, are guys that you know I went to school with. So I think maybe... I mean, just being around campus is okay, you know, because my sisters went there. So I would go back to campus after I graduated, years after I graduated. So it wasn't too crazy of an experience, but, you know, it, it was okay. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it was Champaign, Illinois. I mean, it's fine. College town, but I mean, it wasn't, you know, too crazy of an experience, really. Okay. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, um, you know, get looking, get back, studying um, the, the sociology of, 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 of young black males and, and sports and, and things of that nature. Um, have you kind of felt yourself um, kind of reaching out or connecting with any of the student athletes or, or football players at the University of Illinois currently or over the, the time you've been there um, and, and, and kind of building a relationship with some of the yeah, players yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll spend some time... Um... More, more, more so. Uh, when I first got there, I spent some time uh, with the athletic department. You know, either speaking to some of the students, or um, I know uh, myself and another uh, another former athlete of mine. Uh, one, one of my former teammates. We had a panel, and we just talked about you know expanding opportunities beyond athletics. So that was cool. Um, and then, you know, I see ki- I see some of the kids here and there. Um, I actually have a couple of my class. Uh, he hasn't been coming to class, though. So, yeah, we'll see. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's something that, you know, I engage with them when I can. Um, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, I know, as you can imagine, remember when we were, like, players, like, we were it was, we already had a schedule. So it was like, you wake up, go to class and then meetings to like eight o'clock. And then, you know, for the most part as a, as a kid, as an athlete, you know, or as, as a kid there, you don't want to really t- be talking to nobody. You want to go home and chill, relax, kind of wind down. And, you know, I would even say like their schedules are, are tighter now because of, um, you know, First off, the limited access that, you know, generally coaches want players to have with, you know, everyone else. They want them to uh, be uh, what what they call zeroed in or focused. And uh, because, you know, in some cases, some of that, some of them can, can get into trouble. And, you know, now they, they just built a new uh, facility at U of I, a uh, new uh, football facility. And, you know, you got a bowling alley, pool table, movie uh, movies there so you know they don't really have to they don't need for much they can just go to the stadium uh, and then you know they have everything they want there so I mean but that's 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 the program that's how they build it uh, so they want them to you know stay at the yeah. stadium so so I guess I say all that because it's, it, it makes it harder makes to really engage with them or interact with them um, and I think that, that's more so the case than what it used to be back in the day 
um, when we were there. But yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I have noticed that even at you know at my alma mater, University of Wisconsin, and you look at a lot of the division, the top division programs around the country, they have uh, made changes to you know have more things to get the players engaged and keep them you know within the confines of the stadium and you know and keep them out of trouble or keep them occupied if they out of trouble um i said i'm aware you, you have worked you know uh back in, in your chicago community with at-risk youth um obviously you know we've worked together uh, as well a little bit you know with after school matters and, and your nonprofit. Uh, but for the uh you know uh, listeners here uh, describe your nonprofit initiatives and, and your work with uh at-risk youth group Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bridge Initiative is essentially um, is really focusing on um, educating uh, young black males who play sport and educating them uh, to other career opportunities beyond athletics. It was something I came up with, um, and it's really tied into the research that I do, and it's tied into you know my work um, in general, um, you know, um, as a researcher, but. You know, I wanted to have something that was more practical that actually had more of an influence and an impact in neighborhoods and communities. So it was something that, you know, I wanted to, to start. And, um, you know, we did a, a little pilot program, I think, with After School Matters. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was at-risk youth um, or youth who, who you know, kind of came from under-resourced neighborhoods, per se. But it was it was because uh, we drew from... Um, Chicago public schools, but they went through um, uh, after school matters. But they they were from all different types of backgrounds. But um, you know, it, it was a pretty cool experience. I think you know we learned a lot because I mean you participated with me. No, but it's something that you know, over time um, we're gonna continue. Right now we're going to uh, continue to work on developing a better better program for the students and, and I think it'll be something that'll be fruitful um, later on down the road. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but can you just describe maybe a little more detail in reference to you, some of your other nonprofit initiatives and, and what you're looking to do uh, working with engaging, you know, um, Chicago youth um, and, and things of that nature? Uh, I mean, right now, right now, I mean, we're not doing much. It's COVID, but but um, so it's it's limit very much limited. You know our our ability to get out and really do much uh, as far as engaging uh, with the youth. But then also what I uh, did for the nonprofit because it was something that you know we're trying to seek to develop a, a better program right now. We just right now we're focusing on you know just building a better program. So we're not doing anything active at this moment but it's something that you know down the road um you know we want to come back out stronger um with a better developed idea of of what we want to do in terms of the impact that we want to have okay i appreciate you sharing that um looking back at your football legacy uh what do you miss and cherish the most uh just the friendships um i mean that's pretty much it I mean, beyond that, not necessarily too much else. Just the friendships. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right. No, uh, thank you. Thanks for sharing. And, and last, last question here before we wrap up. Um, 
Uh, what lasting impact or legacy as a college professor and Chicago native are you planning to leave for your future for future generations to come? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm writing that story right now. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm um, working hard towards doing a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. So we'll see what that looks like, I guess, in the next five, two, three, four, five, ten years, whatever. But, um, I mean, I'm just trying to work hard to um, get some of my ideas out into the public domain. And, you know, we'll see if somebody takes a hold of it and, and, and you know, if it inspires some lives, great. Um, you know, I just want to do work, do things and whether, you know, it's writing uh, or, or just talking to someone or just anything I could do to impact or have a positive influence on the lives of, of young people um, so that they can, you know, do well, but then also impact and influence others as well in a positive way. So that's really just what I'm trying to do. Um, and try to shift how people perceive those who play sports, shift how people who play sports, how black people who play sports, young black kids who play sports perceive their opportunity, which I've, I feel like is, is happening. Um, and I think, you know, that has started, you know, with, you know, since 2012, I actually should write about that. Just kind of like my, my thoughts on 2012 and tra- since like the Trayvon Martin, although like all these things with pro- police brutality and, and, and inequalities in black communities have been going on. What we did see in 2012, we started to see like a, a shift in how, you know, uh, black communities have responded. So I think, you know, especially after, especially those who play sports uh, professionally and, and how they've responded, because they seem to have a, a greater connection to, you know, those who, you know, may, you know, uh, or or not even a greater connection, but they're just more outspoken about, you know, their 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 care and their empathy towards people, uh, towards fellow Black people who may have these particular experiences. So, I mean, it's it's really just about you know just trying to have a positive influence on others so they can be great and they can do great things, uh, just like you know other people before me have positively influenced me um, and influenced me in, in a positive in in a, in a manner which. Uh, you know, makes me want to do great things. So, so yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, and, then, and then you're absolutely right, man. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about is is giving back. Um, you know, sharing your your knowledge, your wisdom, your experiences to to the uh, next generation, upcoming youth, and you know the future leaders of tomorrow. So, I, you know, I, I uh, appreciate you uh, sharing sharing this information, man. And I'm glad we we're able to, to connect and get you on this uh, podcast. Um, and, it kind of, you know, and, and kind of in closing, it's kind of crazy, you know, just thinking about it. I mean, we go back since, what, 96, um, going to rival high schools, competing against each other in football and track year round for four years, went to rival universities, Big Ten universities, competing against each other for a few years and then played arena football uh, together uh, after that. So, you know, just shows the beauty, the beauty in sports that the camaraderie um, and, and, and competition, you know, bring out the best in you. And you develop some uh, long-lasting relationships as well. So yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. So anything in, in, in closing? Any final remarks? No. On your behalf? Not really. Not really. Okay. Not really. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate your time. Um, um, this is uh, Kareem Timbers and my guest here once again, uh, former Big Ten champion and college professor Adoye Adeyamo. Uh, I'm signing off here at 
Football 360.